0: Hey fanboy nation. This is your pal Daffy Duck and
1: you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching fanboy. Fanboy fanboy. 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 A fanboy etc. Fanboy nation. God, I assume Tom. <laughs> this morning I have the pleasure of speaking with screen actor, stage actor, voiceover artist in animation, video games and whatever else. Uh probably one of the busiest men in all of the UK right now. Greg Ellis, how are you this morning?
0: I'm well, thank you, I see. Nice to be on the show.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure of mine to speak with you. I mean, you've been on SpongeBob SquarePants, Spider-Man, Batman, uh, with Rob Paulson on Pinky, Without the Brain, Johnny Bravo, and a million other things. And this month, on uh, Saturday, August 8th at 1 p.m., you're with uh, Voices in My Head Animation Jamboree.
0: Yeah, so uh, the the actual event, there's two events. Um, yeah. Thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> Um, At 12 o'clock, the 12 o'clock event is the Respondent Gamers Gateway, and uh, that's Clancy Brown and I. We're going to be joined by Professor Phil Campbell uh, from Berkeley. He teaches game design there, and he has uh, helped develop such games as The Godfather, um, James Bond series, Lara Croft. And the the Respondent game is Gateway. I have a series called The Respondent that airs every other Sunday. It's a video and podcast series um, on the ThinkSpot platform. And um, about a month ago, if I may give you a bit of backstory, about a month ago, Ian Hershey Ali tweeted her support of JK Rowling. Now, I'm no social media master. I'm quite ignorant when it comes to the 140 characters of Twitter. But impressed by Ian's support of a, of a woman and fellow artist and by JK's recent championing of young illustrators on Twitter. Um, she was posting these beautiful illustrations of 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old children and mentioning them by name and their age and confidence building. I tweet, retweeted support of both women and then Clancy Brown who you may know of as the voice of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob or Captain Hadley from the Shawshank Redemption and Highlander and a host of other um, series, movies and uh, video games and TV shows. Um, he he tweet, retweeted my support of JK and I, And then suddenly we this mob, this Twitter mob came after us both, accusing us of being transphobes. And we were both rather shocked and we were targeted. Uh, and a few outraged video games, even um, a small minority of our own fan bases. A couple of disgruntled fans even started petitions to present to Bioware and EA Games, the makers of Dragon Age and the voice of Colin on Dragon Age, demanding I never be employed on their games again. So instead of, of of joining in with the cancel culture, there is no way to cancel cancel culture, to be negative. We decided to create the Respondent Gamers Gateway event to discuss this situation productively and to listen and to respond, as well as talk about the intersection of our real and virtual reality worlds um, I grew up playing stand-up video games like Pac-Man and Defender and Asteroids, and I remember the cartridge, uh, you know, Pong and putting the cartridge in the Atari games and Frogger, and so this the, the technology has moved to such a, a place now that it's it's fascinating and amazing. I don't fully understand it, but being you know a, a voiceover artist in that medium. I think it's really exciting to bring together um, people who who are game creators and game game makers and players. So um, that's that's that event which is at twelve o'clock, and it's kind of part of the bigger series that I do called the Respondent, which is a co- multimedia conversation on positive masculinity. Um, An exploration, really, into how becoming a modern man today demands we reimagine masculinity, rethink fatherhood, revitalize our image of family. I think in this era of cancel culture and smash the patriarchy, where all men are bad and the idea of men and fathers and boys is bad, we need to start speaking out and championing and empowering our younger generation of boys and young men. Because after all, and girls, after all, we're all in this together. You know, it's an inclus an inclusatory conversation, and with these wrong societal messages. Of social distancing, which I think are terrible. We should be encouraging physical distancing and social connectedness, particularly during a time of pandemic, and move from hateful to grateful. And so, how technology can bring people together in wonderful, mysterious, um, interpersonally connected ways is great. So, that's the 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock, and that's free. Um and the the event after that at one o'clock is this virtual Comic Con, if you will, an opportunity to bring together some of the most iconic talent in in video games, voiceovers and and animation and cartoons, and showrunners and uh and and writers and casting directors, voice directors. We have Andrea Romano, a time Emmy Award winner. She directed some of the cartoons, some of the classic cartoons that I watched growing up as a kid. And then years later, I'm sitting in the studio with her recording Batman, the Brave and the Bold with with her directing. And she's worked on everything. So she's going to be there. Uh, Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob. Um, Rob Paulson, the voice of Pinky, No Brain and the Animaniacs. Jeff Bennett, the voice of Johnny Bro, Kevin, Mac- Michael Richardson, D Bradley Baker, the voice of Klaus from American Dad and a master of, of human and creature sounds. And and many of these people have been on the podcast series already, which you can uh, hear on all the usual platforms and at my website, realgregellis.com. The voices in my head, and and bring together a kind of our our voiceover community to um, to see you know how we can have a little jamboree and a little fun and raise some money for Ian's uh, foundation, the AHA Foundation. It just seemed natural to support Ian. And, and, and donate the money, all the money. It's a five dollar cover charge uh, for the for the one pm event, and all of that money is going to go towards Iron's Foundation um, to to help um, women in similar positions that she fought herself out of. So um, yeah, all of the information will be found at my website, realgregalice and real time updates are available on my Twitter feed at EllisGreg as well as my Instagram and Facebook feeds
1: at real Ellis. You you beat me to all the plugs. I didn't even have to do anything.
0: Well, I can add one more, which is my book, The Respondent, comes out on Thanksgiving. And the reason I chose, you know, The Respondent at its core, The Respondent video and podcast series, and what I'm attempting to do is not just have a multimedia conversation about positive or modern masculinity and reimagining the idea of men and saying it's okay to be a man, it's okay to be a boy, we are who we are. No matter what your ethnicity, religion, background, spiritual beliefs, um, where in the world you are, what what your politics is, we're all in this together. And um, to 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 really tend to policy making and how we can change this cancel culture, but also the the, the policies in our society, the the, the, uh, the public policies. That's really the only way that we can create real lasting change. Is to get involved, have a voice. You know, that's what the Constitution and the the amendments that provide us, the the right to peaceful assembly, wherever that assembly is, whether it's virtual or otherwise, and we're choosing to do it virtually. And to say, look, you know, we we can we can tend to our familial bonds. Uh, Family is at the heart of the respondent. Family does matter. the the nuclear family is being eviscerated and challenged. And David Brooks recently in the Atlantic said that it was a mistake. It's not a mistake. And um, how we can, how we can improve and encourage mentor guide shepherd our interpersonal relationships to say, Hey, look, you know, mother, father, brother, sister, daughter, son, grandmother, grandfather, whatever tribe, whatever group, whatever collective, whatever organization, whatever, whatever Mass collective, you feel like you're part of. We're all in this together, and men matter, and dads matter, and boys matter, and families matter. You know, yeah. and so the book, the book talks about all of that. And I chose, you know, I chose um, the launch for the launch of the respondent video podcast series. I chose Father's Day because of that very reason. Um, and you know, we have too many single parent families. We have too many dead broke dads. Not deadbeat dads. Yes, there are good and bad men. There are good and bad women. But uh, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and Thanksgiving just seemed like the natural date for the for the release of the book because that's the time when families come together. And many people aren't with family. And many people do feel alone. And many many people do feel isolated. And in this time of COVID, and I think everyone is struggling with something. It's great to encourage um, a, a more Relaxed collective and move away from hateful to grateful as we go from gray to green, the metropolis to the virtual space and and how we can create a greener virtual landscape
1: well, when the book comes out please please let me know because i'd love to review it
0: thank you r c That's very kind of you i will
1: oh absolutely no, I have a friend of mine, close friend of mine. we were on the wrestling team together when we were growing up, and uh, he's recently divorced um well, two, three years, but his wife has moved several times. So he's had to relocate several times to be closer to his daughter because his wife keeps moving from place to place and state to state. And so his career has been sacrificed. Everything's been sacrificed just so he can be close to his own child. So yeah, I see a, what's going on.
0: Yeah, it's an unfortunate reality playing out. You know, I talk about the respondent mm-hmm. you know, in legal parlance. Anyone who, who files a petition or is a plaintiff is positioned as the, the petitioner or the plaintiff. And in legal parlance, the person who responds is known as the respondent. So how you can be less reactive and more responsible and how you, uh, you know, the, the reality is in, in terms of family law in particular, There is a bias against men. Um, Fathers aren't given the same rights and afforded the same. uh, They're just not viewed in terms of importance um, as, as mothers uh, in in a, in a very clear, clear way. So um, how we can change that system and fight to change the law. You know, I've been working with Molly Olson. Uh, Molly started a great organization 21 years ago um, to, to change these laws. In fact, Kentucky changed the law recently, bravo Kentucky, to a default shared parenting program, a presumption of innocence, not a presumption of guilt in family law, it's presumption of guilt till proven more guilty criminals get more rights than fathers and men do in family law courts. And so, uh, which astounded me, you know, the family law is not even answerable to the Supreme Court. And they've been trying to change the laws in Minnesota and Arizona as well. And the only reason, really, that the uh, law got changed in Kentucky is because attorneys, I believe, the legislature are not able to be—it's um, illegal for attorneys and, and law practices to lobby the le, legisl, legislative branch. So um, they can't—they can't control that. And it's—it's it's a cash cow. It's a, I think it's now a fifty-five billion dollar a year industry. And so nobody within the industry wants it to change, and we are eviscerating fathers. Uh, we are we are killing off um, the the nuclear family. And what we're saying is, you're not important. You don't matter. And um, we have look. There are there are so many instances where um, men and fathers. Good men, I'm not talking about that there are good and bad on both sides, but good men and good fathers are dragged into this system and on hearsay evidence that, that would never be admissible in a court of criminal law is used and presented as fact. And it's the Wild West right now. Our legal system in family law is the Wild West. This is why you know I worked with Johnny Depp, oh, three, four movies over, over a decade. And he was tagged as the respondent. You know, I call it heard-say evidence because Amber Heard has gone after him. It's, it's, it's that hearsay evidence. Right. And how ironic, how ironic that, um, you know, that, that Amber, who is masquerading as a, as a domestic violence spokesperson, we then find the actual evidence, the audio recordings, it's, it's, it's a little bit more murky than that. She wasn't necessarily the victim of, uh, of Johnny, you know, some newspaper in England printed Johnny Depp wife beater on the front page, and there's no evidence that he beat quote unquote okay. his wife. So the more we call this out, and, and not from a place of cancelling the other side, not from saying, you know, Amber Heard is a despicable person and she would she should never be heard from again. No, I mean, I I, I, I would just put it on record. She lied, and she did. And it's important that we call that out, and at the same time, we need to tend to the legal system, because you know people don't necessarily have the bank account and the the, 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 the influence and the power to be able to sometimes survive. I've read the suicide notes from from good men, good fathers who, whose sons and daughters will never know their father, um, you know, three, four-year-old kids, five, six, seven-year-old boys, girls. And entire families are being separated. When two parents, when two people walk into a family family law court, one leaves a parent, the other leaves a visitor. And that shouldn't be the case. And too many times that's men and fathers. So don't we want to tend to that?
1: Yeah. No, I understand what you're talking about. I was actually having a conversation with a young woman yesterday, uh, mid-20s, and she was complaining that all the men were ex- um The term term is extended adolescence or have extended adolescence. I said, well, when your whole life you've been told, don't be competitive, you know, uh, sit down, shut up. No, you shouldn't do that. Uh, You're worthless. You're nothing more than a glorified sperm donor. A lot of men have just isolated themselves in the world of video games or in the world of things that they just enjoy and have never really evolved uh, past 14, 15, 16 years old. And that's the generation after me. And I'm not and I'm not putting down video games and I'm not putting down what's going on. But it's been told in schools, you know, because I'm a product of public school and I know what's going on, that that essentially the role of masculinity is worthless and it's evil and it's toxic.
0: Yeah. And and, and ultimately, you know, we the the reality of the situation with regards to schools is we're failing our boys you know we're, we're, the the curriculum is failing our boys we We have done away with competitiveness, rough housing has become extinct. Boys will move to a physically aggressive place faster than girls will uh We need that for for fathers and for older and young kids. you know yes, there's bullying yes there's there's challenges, but we're doing away with recess. You know, when boys, when we do away, when, we, when we're giving the the books we give to, to young boys, aren't boy centric. We, um, everyone's getting a trophy. You know, there is, there, then. you know, we talk a lot about equality. I talk about equity of opportunity, not equity of outcome, equity of opportunity. I want us to, to, to all have the opportunity to earn our privilege whether it's earned privilege or unearned privilege and we we'll stop talking about white privilege and talk about earned privilege and unearned privilege. So we're not focusing on, you know, this color-binded uh, world that, that dissects into identity politics and places, people in groups where people have to play the oppression Olympics, which you can never win because identity politics eventually devours itself. Right. And we're seeing that in the political stage. We're seeing it in, in culture. And, um, you know, we we need to we need to move. I think to more towards a message of inclusivity and um, and and empower boys and younger men. And you know, to your point about disappearing into video games, frankly, girls disappear into video games too. And you know, when you talk about arrested adolescents, I don't necessarily be all. We should do away with the extremes and be more moderate in our conversation. and Say, look, some people do and sometimes I can be adolescent. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was thirteen I played I learned how to play Pac-Man so well I played it for a few hours and got the world record. Me talking about it now, I, I, I'm reminded of my adolescence. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Right. And sometimes I'll get a little bit upset emotionally and I have to talk myself back into a mature state of mind. And I'm fifty two years of age. <laughs> You know, we have to think like men and feel like boys. And by that, I mean always remembering all those different versions of ourselves through the years are inherent within our psyche and our psycholo- psychology. And how to, uh, how to look at those virt- the virtual intersection of the virtual gaming world. Mm-hmm. And when you step out, some of, these, some of these games are so amazing, R.C., right? you 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 probably know better than i I know but i don't have the time to play them and when i do there's too many buttons on the joystick and i just feel like an old man you know but but, you know they're so immersive they have their own constitutions their own structures their own belief systems and, and they're so realistic and then how you step outside of that and return to the real world i think there's a crisis of meaning right now i think i do believe everyone is struggling with something Mm -hmm. inherently that's that's a belief that i hold and i think how we can and i think there's a loneliness epidemic as well Mm -hmm. i think people are lonely and they find connectivity and social meaning within the the fandoms and the groups and the video games and the video characters love voices and the the animations and the artistry and all of that we can talk about Mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely no one is you know, no one's at, no one's at fault. No one's to blame. We're all responsible and how we can tend to that in a generational way and say, look, you know, it's not the disease and the millennials. We can't just say all this group of people. Right. You know, we're, we're all individuals. I think in society, we're having a massive conversation right now, hmm. a rage, shame, cyclic conversation about the back between the individual and the group. And I'm for the individual. I'm for every individual. No matter how you want to identify yourself, label yourself, call yourself, and same vice versa with me, it's how you treat me and how I treat you that matters. Right.
1: No, I agree with you. Someone, someone the other day had mentioned to me that they had more privilege than me because of their their ancestral background, and I said, if you think you have more privilege, my family's from the Middle East, and I said, if you think you have more privilege than I uh, than I do, you're sadly mistaken, because that puts you at a higher plane of existence. Uh, socially than I am, and I don't believe that you have an advantage over me over anything else.
0: I understand, I understand. Look, we understanding and hearing, I hear you. Uh, hearing everyone. everyone's, you know, there's a lot talked about, and I know we have to wrap up mm-hmm. in a minute. I, I, there's a lot talked about um, lived experience, right. and not discounting people's lived experience. Mm-hmm. And when we start projecting about other people's lived experiences, and our interpretations and sometimes misinterpretations of who has more privilege and less privilege. That's why I go back to the core fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Earned privilege, unearned privilege. And, you know, people strive, they struggle, they work hard. Iron her Shirley. You talk about privilege, she earned the privilege yeah. that she has. She came from an Islamic, fundamentalist, oppressive state. Her genitals mutilated, escaped. Her journey, I can't even begin to imagine the suffering she endured. Sought yes. political asylum in Holland, became a janitor, and then worked her way up to become a member of parliament. Yeah. That's someone I want to be aligned
1: with. Oh, absolutely. From Somali refugee. hero.
0: Yes. Mm. So, you know, that, that's the reason why this event is is uh honoring her and her foundation and how we can how we can parlay this into more virtual events and um you know give back right. you know
1: how did back. that how did that turn into a whole in supporting her how did that turn into a whole uh, um transphobic uh, argument. I don't understand.
0: That's a a conversation for another time. I don't quite understand it myself, which is why we're doing the Respondent Gamers Gateway with Clancy Brown at 12 o'clock tomorrow. It's a free event. It's, It's on the ThinkSpot platform. RealGregEllis.com has all the information and I encourage everyone who loves video games, who plays video games, who's interested in, in, in being a part of this, this of undoing and cancelling cancel culture to come and be a part of the event and post a question, add a comment and Clancy and I will be live, simulcast, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And uh, we'll parlay this into more events down the line. The more people we get, the more support we have, the more people we can support and fundraise for down the line.
1: Wonderful. You know, you you've been keeping busy, and I, I see you know your your love for, um, I assume your own children, but helping other fathers that have had issues with lo- with losing their custody of their children and, and and the unfortunate circumstances of that. With everything that's going on, and you know, Tom Kenny. Uh, is a wonderful man I got to talk to him at um at Comic-Con last year and I had remembered a comedy bit that he did about 25 years ago where he broke both arms and his wife uh, helped nurse him back to health and he's like you know you're uh, you're really in love when uh, you have two broken arms and someone helps you go to the bathroom uh Rob Paulson's a father I know I know that uh, Kevin Michael Richardson Dee Bradley Baker is a part of this Yuri uh, Lowenthal who was also the voice of Spider-Man and Ben 10 just had just had a child, um, Andrea Romano, as you mentioned, she's been in the industry for thirty plus years. Uh, one, she, I love Andrea Romano. I have a crush on her. I actually told her that.
0: Well, yeah. what I'm going to say to you, I know we have to. I know we have to wrap up right oh, now. Oh, take your time. Um, you know,
1: if you, unless you, you know, have something uh, else going on.
0: You know, we, I, I have yeah. to do. I'm supposed to be on another interview. Oh, five please. minutes ago, <laughs> but I am. Um, I will answer that. Come. RC, come to the event, ask the question, Andrea will be live. When I see it, we'll, we'll pose it to her and we'll get, you know, as much as we can. I want to have as much uh, involvement from, from everyone, you know, press, public organizations, and, um, you know, have these answers, uh, have some answers to these questions.
1: Perfect. And the link for the, uh, animation virtual comic-con event and the event that you're hosting with, uh, with Clancy Brown is uh, at the AHA Foundation, is that link, correct?
0: The, the, the links will be at realgregellis.com. Okay. Uh, if you follow the links to uh, the podcast page, the podcast, The Voices in My Head, uh, which will be under the media page on my website, and on the homepage, there's there's links as well. With all the information, you can donate there. Uh, the Voices in My Head at com. Voices in My Head, The Voices in My Head. And um, you know you can listen to the podcasts. Andrea Clancy Brown, D. Bradley Baker, Jennifer Hale—you um, name it, a slew of, of big Rob Paulson—in um, preparation to, to see and hear everyone at the event tomorrow.
1: So, Wonderful, yeah. Greg Ellis, thank you so very much for your time. Please call me uh, when the book is ready to, uh, for uh, for publication, and I'd love to take a look at it and review it.
0: Thank you very much, R.C. I really appreciate it and all the very
1: best and a
0: shout out to fanboynation.com.
1: Thank you. I'm humbled. Take care, sir. You as well. Be Uh, well. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.